0: ready to play fantasy. I know I turned two in that day, but the laces ain't hot in my veins. I can turn two in every way, so I turn to you two today and smash play. I'm prepared to listen. The ex-fipping whip got me looking way past the pitches. Statistics all that I know, and I know that who is on first, he can say I'm ready to go. <laughs> I ain't trying to steal second or third. Cause I want to win first How am I to put all of these numbers to words I know the terms from A to Z It's like a gift and a curse I know the difference between a splitter and a curve But if I can't put it in the points man Then what's it worth I need the truth I need knowledge Found this podcast with all of it but what they call it Turn two Turn two What they doing
1: Hey everybody. Welcome back to the Turn 2 Podcast brought to you by Rotofanatic.com and Underdog Fantasy. I'm your host, Matt Williams. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about early season overreactions and what you should do with small sample size data in terms of your player evaluation and moving forward. Uh, joining me on the show to discuss it is Mr. Dave McDonald from High Stakes Heat and the, uh, the Rotosaurus.com website. What's up, Dave?
2: Hey, Matt. How are you doing, man? Uh, thanks for having me on today.
1: Uh, yeah, doing good. The Mets, the Mets may play a game today, fingers crossed. Uh okay. it's, it's it's there's no guarantees uh when, when it comes to the Mets of anything, even playing baseball. So uh, <laughs> there's two scheduled for this afternoon, which we're just taping it uh, early on Tuesday. So yeah, fingers crossed there. Um, Everyone listening, today's show, again, this is all about uh, early season overreactions Because there's a ton of it right now, good and bad Um, But what we really care about is, you know, you can overreact all you want But if you're going to make a decision that affects your team, that's what we're here to stop you from doing so I put out a tweet on Monday And it was just sometimes I just put out Like little tiny things for advice for the fantasy community Little things that you may not be hearing Almost like a little angel popping up on your shoulder Hey, stop doing this um, So <laughs> word for word, what I put out was uh, Simple but critical advice Your opinion of players you invested in Should be the same today as it was the last day of spring training Unless there is an injury Or a change in opportunity Like a bat's role health. You should not heavily shift your player evaluation It's early April and what I mean by that is exactly what I said. If you had a strong opinion on a player you personally invested in, you should not have a different opinion today than the last day of spring training if there's been nothing tangible that has changed. If they have been dropped in the lineup, if they've gotten injured, if they've been taken out of a rotation, those are all reasons to be really worried. If they're off to a cold start, if they're off to a hot start, those things shouldn't matter. One caveat being in the comments people like to bring up, you know, Byron Buxton was a big name and we'll talk about him in a little while, but I'm not talking about buy low sell high That is a completely different thing It's 100% different trade value Is independent of player evaluation If you Are trading Byron Buxton right now His value should be higher that's absolute If you're trading a player like Michael Conforto Right now his trade value should be lower It's you know it's the eye of the beholder It depends on what the other person thinks not you And that's just uh, you know that's just Business pretty much This is we're talking about your personal player Evaluation if you believed in Byron Buxton and you have rostered him, you should feel the same way you did. You can be excited, but as far as your expectations, they should be no different, really, today. If you did not buy in because of injury risk one weekend and he's tearing the cover off the ball, tied the for the major league lead in home runs with Ryan McMahon and Tyler Naquin, um, you shouldn't be more excited. He, it's a weekend, he can still get injured. I'm not rooting for an injury, but I'm just saying it shouldn't change. Same with Michael Coforo, I brought up. If you were a believer, or a non-believer, but I mean he's gonna bat better than he is. Uh it's it's just don't jump the ship too early. Don't drop people. Uh before we get into the rest of that, Dave, what are your general thoughts on this this general topic? Because uh, most people seem to agree with it, but not everyone kind of you know uh not not everyone acts it out it's hard sometimes to to not make moves early because you have a whole off season, you're doing a bunch of drafts the first fab period and then everyone just wants to make moves for the sake of it so uh you talk everyone down or kind of give your two th- two cents
2: <laughs> yeah uh i mean like you said anybody that you believed in in the draft enough to take them you know especially as like a, a top 10 15 pick you know you, you you have to stick with them it's uh it's literally, you know, uh, two weeks in here. So um, we are we are still looking for signal in the data. You know, like there there will be guys who, um, you know, legitimately will be uh, guys that you need to move on from. there's guys who you need to act quickly on. Um, but you know, there's there's those guys that you drafted later. Um, you know, maybe in rounds 15 through 30, where if they're struggling and you're looking at the data, you know, and and it's supporting that uh, things are just not looking good. Um, then, and there's someone who, you know, you're looking at them and you're, you're saying, you know, uh, I think there might be something here and I, I need to make a move. You can do that. But, uh, you know, when you talk about guys like Conferto and stuff, you, you absolutely have to still hold and, and, and wait for, for better results. You know, like for me, uh, in my fan leagues, I moved on from Andrew Benintendi, you know, I'm, I'm looking at his, uh, um, at his stuff, and uh, it's it's not looking good, and it's it's not the results though. I'm looking beyond the results, so I'm looking at you know he's got a 286 BABIP, so it's not like he's got a super low BABIP. It's it's a little low, but you know he's hitting 188. Uh, but it's like the hard hit rate is is down. He hasn't uh, he hasn't had any barrels. He's been um, just kind of overall looking lost at the plate. The swing strike rate is up. The K rate is up. Um, the contact rate hasn't improved and, uh, you know, when you're talking about a guy who struggled last year too, um, and then you're seeing this on top and they, they're actually worse than they were last year Then uh, and you don't have a ton invested, maybe you move on then
1: and Andrew Benintendi is someone where he's not in a slump the space jam monsters stole his talent and they still have it they haven't given it back so um there's the, you know until they do he's no reason to believe in him no but i know a lot of people took a shot late and change of scenery um there's there was a yeah. reason but another caveat to what i said which is the next point is this does not this doesn't um this is not directed at end of bench dart throws yeah. or interchangeable pieces at the end. If uh, you always need to make those, you know, if it, either you're streaming hitters, streaming pitchers, or you just want to pick up a hot bat, there's always a couple of spots, no matter how big your league is 10, 12, 15 team. Uh, you know, obviously the bigger the waiver wire, the more aggressive you can be in making changes. But um, for people on the end of your bench, like Andrew Benintendi, you know, feel free to move on if you feel that you can improve your team. But It's important for the guys you invested in early People that you've actually put time into You've actually evaluated And we'll talk about a bunch of them right now But that is kind of what we're getting at And that's a good example Andrew Benintendi is someone that's um, Just past the cutoff line Where, you know, you Maybe you believe, you know Because maybe you believed But not like invested you know he's more like all right i can see it maybe not believed but yeah he, and to be clear i moved on in 12s um in
2: 15s uh i'm still holding because he's playing every day he's hitting mm-hmm. second in the lineup he's he's uh he's running um you know he has a steal and a caught stealing so while i'm not overly optimistic about him um you might not have many better options in a 15 team league so yes. uh, i'm just talking about 12 and less there
1: yeah, and yeah, all the matters of yeah, what you expect, like what you expect from him going forward, versus what you expect realistically from the player you are going to be yep. replacing him with. So uh, we're going to talk about specific players real quick. We'll start with the bad, and then we'll go into the good, meaning the players that are performing poorly, that people are, um, you know, jumping off a cliff with right now <laughs> and trying to cut off their team. Uh, Glaber Torres of the New York Yankees. We, we'll talk about him and Michael Conforto. We'll stay in New York first with Glaber Torres. Um, You know, a lot of shortstop went off the board early It was a deep position, but most teams tried to grab one of those like top guys early Because if you almost didn't have a top uh, shortstop, you were almost at a disadvantage Because there were only about eight Um, And then if you didn't have one, uh, you kind of needed to hit later uh, there's certain guys that made it past my my cutoff was was Dansby Swanson and Javier Baez. There's, there's Marcus Simeon was right past there. So was Carlos Correa. Simeon obviously looking like a solid bet early, but uh, Glaber Torres was right in the middle, right past like when Corey Seager and Tim Anderson went. Then you'd get into the the next tier with with Glaber Torres, and he's off to just a brutal start. But um, Unlike Michael Conforto who had a fantastic Year last year, Gleyber Torres was very Bad, so if you Invested and you had like a little Bit of doubt in the back of your head And you see this start, I can understand Being disappointed and maybe Panic a little, but you can't because it's a week
2: Yeah um, I I do think that there Is legitimate reason to panic With him, Um, I mean Anytime I see a guy whose average is, is way down, you know, he's saying 205, uh, but the BABIP is still up, like he's a 296 BABIP. Um, you know, he's got the K rate is up to 27%. Uh, swinging strike rate is, is 17.6%, which portends to probably even a much higher K percentage uh, potentially than that. Um, you know, the max EV is down. The contact rate is down 10% from last year even. Um, there's a lot of bad signs here. I'm not going to lie, but, uh, it, it doesn't matter. Like if you're, especially at shortstop, if you invested in a guy like him, um, and he was like, what, a fifth rounder or something like that. Um, you, you have to, in the 15s, I think you have to stick with him for sure. You have to hold him for now. Um, I, I, mean, I, I think, know. I mean, I,
1: I mean, forget, so, I mean, I think eight, eight team. you have to hold him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, I don't, is that a thing? I don't know. No, I don't know. Playing eighteen leagues, <laughs> uh, 10, 10
2: is the least I've ever done. But regardless, yes, you are still holding him uh, at least through the end of the month, uh, and probably uh, a little into May if he's still slumping. Now, I would be benching him, but yeah, you, you're not dropping him yet.
1: Yeah, which is a great thing you bring up. It, it, it's uh, it's it's like the thing on Twitter: muting versus blocking. You do not have to block your hitter; just mute him. <laughs> Put him on your bench for a little bit. Uh they whatever you know, they, are you
2: referring to here, Matt.
1: <laughs> no, you could bounce back, you know. You can um you 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 put in, you know, if you're worried about Glaber, you don't like his matchups. I mean, he'll probably make you pay for it, maybe. But if not, if you have a decent <laughs> option, put him on your bench and and move forward. Uh it's it's definitely a good way to go. Um he Michael, still plays in New York.
2: I mean, he's yeah. gonna hit some out at some point. You know, it, it, even bad hitters can hit it out in in, in Yankee Stadium. So
1: yeah, absolutely, uh, Michael Conforto on the other side he, uh, Me and you are a little different I mean, I, I strongly believe in Michael Conforto Just because, I, I mean, I thought You you have, you have can have home team bias And you can actually be more real Because there's some people that are more down on their players Because you're more critical because you watch them I don't draft many Mets I'm very high on Michael Conforto Because I watched him last year He had struggles in the past versus left-handed hitters He looked like he had a much better approach He started going to the opposite field last year uh, Hit a ton of line drives Therefore, I thought he'd carry a higher Babbitt I didn't expect what I saw last year. That, that's silly. I mean, his short game sample size, higher, bab than necessary, but I thought he'd go forward being a better hitter, but at minimum, if he went, if he regressed back to just being himself, um, it's much better than what we've seen so far. So uh, Michael Cafford, another person that people might be itching to drop. Uh, I, you know, just don't, just don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
2: no, I mean, I, I, we, we, uh, we previously recorded and then had to re-record, so we kind of already had this conversation. But yeah, um, yeah, with with Conferno, it, it really just looks like he's pressing right now, um, as uh, as we kind of, as you mentioned before. But uh, I mean, th- he's just you know the contact rate is is down a little bit, um, but you know the BABIP is down two thirty one. That's going to come up. Um, he's more like a two ninety probably BABIP guy. Like obviously last year at four twelve, that's not going to stick. And yeah, like you and I are a little different on him. Where I see him as more the guy he was in 2018, 2019. You think that some of those changes from 2020 are going to stick. Um, but regardless of what you think, it's it's far too early like to think about dropping him. Um, unless he just forgot how to hit, right? Like this is a guy who I know they've dropped <laughs> the him Space down Jam before. monsters
1: need to stay away from Michael Conforto. <laughs> yeah,
2: I don't think it's a, it's a Benintendi situation here. I think he's going to figure it out. Um, I think he's just having a cold streak and pressing. He's showing all the classic signs. Um, and, uh, I, I think he'll come out of it and be a a solid hitter. I don't think he's going to have a a huge season personally, but I think he's going to be solid and he's in the middle of a really good lineup. I think they'll move him back up because he's hitting what sixth now.
1: Yeah. Six Move
2: him down. Yeah. And I mean, they they originally were hitting him like third, you know, they're going to, they're going to bring him back up, uh, at some point when he starts hitting again.
1: And, uh, we were talking about Michael Conforto before that, uh, Glaber Torres, a couple of slow stars in New York, the it's, I I keep telling everyone, we're telling everyone this episode Where it's hard to make any conclusive decisions Based on a week of stats And we're talking about people that have gotten off to a bad start And here we are citing statistics as to why they could be The problem is that none of the statistics we're actually citing Are useful yet But neither are the statistics that you're looking at to degrade them The big problem is there's nothing, you can't tell anything in a week Right Um, So yeah, I mean The contact percentages are down on these guys, but of course it is because they're off to a bad start. (laughs) It's it's not going to look good. I mean, there's a couple of unique ones. I remember I was on sleeper in the bus with Justin Mason. He was down on Jeff McNeil. And at the time he was batting zero. Uh, He was like, oh, oh," for 12 or 15. He was batting zero with a 489 uh, expected batting average. (laughs) <laughs> which was that's something that jumps Off the page but that's obviously few and far Between the cases that are made for that and he had like an Expecting slugging of like 700 which Is wow. just funny because he's batting zero Yeah um, but you know more often Than not if you are having a bad Player and you go researching to why they're Doing poorly in one week you're probably Not going to find many positive signs Because right. negative results will line up with negative Metrics in one week probably Yeah for sure uh, Matt Chapman another Slow starter Um. 179 with two home runs nothing honestly nothing to see here he's gonna have a low batting average it's not gonna be 179 he's gonna hit for power which he is
2: yeah i mean that's that's uh pretty much all i'm saying i mean his contact rate is even up from from the short season so uh you know the the BABIP again is low um he's he's had a couple barrels though and his hard hit rate looks slightly down but i mean again like these are things that when you're going through a cold streak you know these are the things that that go down so um, the K rates up, but it's about what it was last year. Uh, that's, that's my one concern with him is, is, is he going to be, cause he had made improvements in his K rate from 2017 to 2018, 2019, he came down from 28 to 22%. If you're getting that 22% guy with, uh, you know, with his hard hit rate ability, you know, he can have a solid BABIP. That's kind of like what you're looking for is the merging of that. I don't know if you're going to see that version of him this year. You need going to need to see those Ks come down. But uh, that's kind of what you're hoping for. But either way, not a guy you're dropping easy 30 plus 35 home run power. Um, you know, like you said, he's going to struggle in batting average, but uh, everything else is going to be there.
1: And also in terms of what, what do you I mean, everyone's itching to drop people. We, we mentioned it earlier. Who are, you, who are you picking up to replace him that you're confident in? I mean, one another late guy that people are looking to drop early is Austin Riley. You, a lot of people were heavily invested in him He's not off to the start people were hoping for But again, he made improvements at every level of the minors He made improvements every level in the majors It's been a week We know he can have some cold streak in him But we know the upside It's, it's very similar to Matt Chapman So yes. if you believed in him Even though he's towards the back of your bench He's not what I mean by interchangeable If you picked him up Like, oh, I should say most people that picked him up he was a helium guy people believed in Don't pop the helium yet it's been a week If you drafted him expecting Him to go off for 40 ohm runs give him A bit of time because there's no Slam dunk options to replace him I guarantee
2: you. No I'm not I mean Even though he's struggling and I know That it's too early to even cite these but like You know the contact rate is down slightly Um he's got a higher Max ev right now than he's had a Slightly you know it's it's up a little Bit um I just don't there's nothing to tell us to move on here. Um, the only thing is he's hitting seventh, but we knew that coming into the season you know if you drafted him you knew he was hitting you should know he was hitting seventh so um you know his hard hit rate is good right now. I think stuff's gonna start dropping for him honestly i think uh, I think he's not even i think he's more unlucky actually than cold right now.
1: Every single name we've listed so far is a fantastic Buy low, incidentally, I know I mentioned earlier Buy low, sell high Is always, if a player is going To offer you more in return For the value you think your player is worth You sell high, always uh, Buy low, if there's a player Available for less than you think they're Worth, you buy low, always It's, it's, it's an always thing uh, Let's move to the Braves uh, For a couple of uh, the last Bad starters we're talking about, uh, Marcelo Zuna and Ozzy Alves. Uh, Marcelo Zuna banned 139 with zero home runs Ozzy Albies banned 128 with one home run Um, A lot of people were in on Marcelo Zuna Maybe not as much as I thought they should be People were really sky high on George Springer Uh, Marcelo Zuna didn't appear to be going as early as I, I thought he should He's off to a very slow start here But again, there's nothing to worry about with either I wasn't very high on Albies Uh, Just because he was going really early for me, even though second base was very shallow position. He was just going a little too early for me. But um, there is the risk of him moving down with Dansby Swanson doing the old swap, which honestly I would bet on. I would bet on that happening. But again, if you drafted either of these guys, it's it's take your L season. That's what first week is if your players performing poorly. Take your L and move on. You're going to continue to ride with them. This is a case with Ozzy Albies and Ozuna. You shouldn't sell them. You shouldn't bench them probably. They're only, you're almost in a zone where you can't even do anything because you're unlikely to even have an option that is worth benching either for.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you're in a 10-team league, I think you you could consider benching uh, Ozuna. I I am a little bit concerned with with, uh, some of the things I'm seeing from him. And I'm hearing a lot of people who have watched a lot of him say he looks lost at the plate. Um, I haven't personally seen it, but uh, several people that I respect have talked about it. Um, The the K rate
1: is way up. I mean, we're talking 37%. Uh, uh, that'll happen when you're lost and we say lost it's yeah. the same thing with conforto though if you're early especially early in the season we i think i don't know if we mentioned earlier uh it's just that if, if this stuff happened in august we wouldn't care but that's happening in april and people are starting off their season they look at their stat page at the end of the game they get super worried themselves they press more they start swinging to crappy pitches right. and it's just a snowball effect it's just it's just it's unfortunate but it's just it is what it is. Well, that's, he's not swinging more though. Um, no, it I'm just like, a, that's uh, a generality, I should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think
2: for him, I, I think he has to make an adjustment. I think he, I mean, he's obviously working with his hitting coaches and he'll figure it out. I mean, he's he's a good hitter, you know. It And like you said, in, in most leagues, especially deeper leagues, you're not going to have anything better anyways. Um, I'm just saying that personally, I might consider benching him if I am in a, like a 10-team league. Uh, Cause there's probably still some really good options that I can uh, play on a weekly basis. When you're talking about Albies though, honestly, it looks like just bad luck. Um, you know, the BABIP is, is 118. Um, his, his hard hit rate is up. His max EV is fine. Like everything looked like he's even barreled a couple balls. Um, I don't know. It just looks like balls just aren't falling for him. Uh, I wouldn't be concerned about Albies at all. His contact rate is even up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 all going to be fine. I I'm not saying he's going to return value because again, I, I when yeah, we I talk like about that. your player evaluations to be the same. I thought this before the season. I I didn't think he'd return value, but it's fine. Some people jumped him because it's second base and it gets really quiet behind there. And I mean, honestly, if you drafted anyone besides him, if you if you drafted uh, Kettle Marte, you're a little sad right now. Hopefully, he'll be back soon. No real updates on him, but. There's not many other second basemen you could really hang your hat on. Even some of the late guys I like, like uh, Gene Segura. It's just, you know, uh yeah. <laughs> it's it's one week. Exactly. I should just continue to say this. <laughs> it's been one week, everybody. Don't go crazy. Um, some of the comments in uh, the in the under the post I had made, someone said they were thinking about dropping Jock Peterson, something we talked about a little earlier. Uh He is someone who is struggling mightily He's got 129 with one home run But like Matt Chapman, like Austin Riley A low batting average is is to be expected But you drafted him for the power Yeah, If you're going to be dropping him You better be picking him up with someone who has 40 home run power Unless you have a need elsewhere And and you're probably not finding that in the waiver wire The, The reason I liked him preseason is he was going like more than a hundred picks later than Kyle Schwarber, except the Cubs announced he'd be playing every day, which he is. They've been sitting Ian Happ versus lefties, and and um, Jacques has been playing. If that changes, so does this conversation. But for now, he's playing every day, and if he starts hitting and that continues, I don't want him to be off my team if I had drafted him. So right now, you sit him if you must. Um, you know that's that's fine. But uh, if yeah, if you invested and you need the power, I would hold.
2: Yeah, with him, um, I do think that it's a a concern um, long-term that he's going to keep getting at-bats against lefties because he's a career 250 Woba guy against lefties. Um, I know some people don't believe in splits. I personally do. Um, When You've seen enough of them like we have, I think, with Jock. Uh, So I do think that there's some concern there that they're going to bench him eventually. But for right now, um, assuming he's not going up against a bunch of lefties in the week, I'm still rolling him. You know, if he's if he has uh, seven games and he's facing five righties, you got to keep him in. Now, if he has you know seven games and he's facing four right or four lefties, then yeah, I'm probably benching him for the week. So.
1: Uh, you know it context Context still matters uh, That's you know, something with, you, that is ironically that's something on some teams You could be doing if he was red hot not red hot Let's just say medium hot he was he was on His normal pace and he was facing that Many lefties um, it may be worth Sitting him for someone else anyway so not A yeah. ton has changed um, but Yeah again we'll see I, I kind of With you uh, if this sticks around much longer They're not going to continue to wheel him out there on a daily Basis but as long as they do He's uh, he's very intriguing So I'd like to see him bounce out of it, we'll see what happens Uh, Let's bounce over to some people after a rocket start Which most of this, there's not much actionable Because if there there were someone cheap on the waiver wire You picked them up and they probably were already some of the names Um, These are a lot of like the buy house, the buy low sell high guys That people were trying to chime in in the comments Trying to nitpick this argument Which Fine I mean if you really believed in a player and you have and you didn't end up getting him on your team and you get some confirmation bias in the first week go ahead and get him. but uh, most of these players price is too high right now or higher than it should be in my opinion so that in my opinion would be bad process for buying high on a player that is uh, currently off to a hot streak so let's talk about uh, Byron Buxton right at the top uh, they moved him to the leadoff spot today which you know, league leader in home runs. Why not have him up with no people on base? Uh, but he's off to like literally in Fuego He's batting like I don't have it in front of me. Batting five hundred, something around there. With, uh, he is batting four eighty one, Matt, with the four seventy one batting. Uh, you, you know, I I don't want to go too advanced stats on everyone, but that's not going to last. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think everyone could believe in that. In in the I think I alluded to this earlier in the show. Either you believed in Byron Buxton, and there's uh, there's some people on NBC Sportsheads, Matthew Pulio, who 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 thinks that this guy's like a third round pick, uh, literally, um, or you were off him because you thought there were injury concerns, which I think he's played over eighty games or ninety games, I think over ninety three games, like once, one Uh, time.
2: Yes, correct.
1: And that's just Uh, off. I mean, so yeah, one time. So. One week, I'm not sure you can prove your health in one week. So, no. if whatever you believed, I believe nothing has changed here. You can be excited, and his trade value maybe has changed, but your personal evaluation should not have changed. I don't think I, anyone doubt da- has any. Have you, did you before? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut no, you off. Have you seen anyone doubt him talent wise? I've seen most of the doubts are, are due to just due to um, injury concerns. I've never seen anyone doubt talent. Well, I mean, so last
2: year we, we saw a different Byron Buxton, right? Like this is normally a guy who you count on for steals. And then you're hoping to get solid power from last year. You got the power, but you didn't really get the speed. And we're kind of seeing that play out this year too. Um, You know, last year he had 13 homers, two steals and 135 plate appearances. This year it's five homers, one steal um, so far, which one steal at this point is fine. So maybe he's going to do both. And that's what you're hoping for as an owner, but, what I'm thinking maybe is he's developing into a legit power hitter who's going to stop running maybe because they want to. And part of the reason that I didn't draft him this year is well, obviously his injury history, right? Like I, I he's, he's a classic guy that I'm staying away from because <laughs> I don't, I, I'll always take the under on whatever you're projecting for him and plate appearances. You know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm definitely not buying the health. He's an example of a guy who I am actually looking to trade. Like I would be active. I'm a bucks and owner right now I'm actively looking to trade him because you can probably get way more from it for him than you should be able to. Like you said, he's going to go on a cold streak. He's going to, you know, come back down to earth. He's not going to hit 500 spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> but you know, this is a guy who will get hurt at some point too. Like he's never once in his career played a full season. You can say he played most of a season in 2017, but that's the best you're, you can even hope for. Um, so he's the guy right now, if you're, if you own him, be excited. Um, And I, that's the thing. His owners are such fanatics that I don't see them even selling high. Like I think you could offer them pretty much anybody outside of like a first round pick. They're going to say no. So it's probably not going to happen, but uh, I personally would be looking to, to move Buxton uh, if I can.
1: Absolutely. I I would trade him for a couple of those, uh, the the struggling hitters that we talked about. I'd be pretty psyched about it. Take your shot. Uh, Especially if you have a hole. Um one thing I like to do when I'm like you know trading early in the season is I I like to get someone usable back at the position I'm trading probably cuz I'll need it and then get try to fill a hole that I left the draft with cuz most people have one. So yeah, trading selling high is a fantastic idea. Um Jordan Alvarez let's stick on the injury train. A conversation with a couple of people online about this one. Um I like your Don, I have a share, I have a couple And like DC's, I'm rooting for him To do well, he's hitting like 260-ish With a couple of home runs yep. um, he, One week Does not prove your health, and I and some people Are like, oh, it was a concern in, in spring training that you were Unhealthy, and now you started opening Day and you've started every day since, he started at DH He has seen some time in left field In practice, so that'll be interesting Um, If they move him in there, I don't think it'll be good I think if you're a a shareholder Yeah, if you're a shareholder, you want him in the DH spot But he hasn't been killing the ball We've seen positive signs He's even dropped on a bunt um, To beat the shift for a single, which is cool But one week does not prove health I've had numerous people um, go against me on this In that same thread If if you want to look it up, it's in there He had double knee surgery I wasn't worried about him starting the season I was worried about him lasting through it So. Um yeah if if I had him and someone wants to trade for him thinking that he is full Jordan, I'm going to let him go. He's yeah. also not someone I'm going to go after either because uh oh. I I don't see I don't see a point. I don't see a fit where that would ever make sense.
2: No, I I agree with everything you just said. Um you know, this is a guy who the talent was never a question with. You know, if 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 this is a guy with two healthy knees, uh he's probably going in the honestly probably the first round if we're if we're being honest like he's a guy who can hit you know three 300 with you know 30 30 plus homers uh i thought
1: i thought pre-knee surgery his ceiling was miguel cabrera well
2: i should say he would be going in the first round if you weren't a dh only um but if yeah. he has good knees maybe they play him in the outfield you know what i'm saying but um yeah it, it's again you can't prove health over over a week and a half so um for for me it's it's still a situation where i don't have any shares i don't want any shares uh if if he has a great season if he if his both of his knees hold out for the entire year good for you if you if you were in on him um that's not where i want to be using my resources because i just i don't buy that he's going to be able to stay healthy um guys at his age uh as young as he is who have that many knee problems already it's uh Not a great sign for their for their career Um, But hey maybe uh, Maybe he stays healthy the whole year and uh, Becomes like a third rounder Next year we'll see
1: (laughs) Um, All right moving on To how about your Mercedes Uh, He's uh, Batting 500 I I think maybe 500 on the nose with two home Runs he's had some blasts too I mean I'm gonna say right now he actually Has one of the lower fly ball line drive Exit velocities in baseball but Who cares it's been one week None of that crap matters He's hitting a couple of tape measure shots And I gotta say, when I first saw it And everyone's like spending $300 on fab To to pick this kid up And I'm like, well, we shouldn't say kid He's not new Um, That's some mistakes some people make Um, When you see a breakout They're not always a new (laughs) kid on the block He's been in the minors And he's always been able to hit But I mean, you know, I'm rambling here What are your thoughts? Because uh, the big worry here is The team's going to be healthy-ish at some point If they're serious about a World Series and the playing time is going to go down and he's not going to be hitting 500 forever it's just a classic pick him up if you if you picked him up cheap great roster him and start him until he doesn't do well and then move on
2: yeah i mean that's the thing is are they going to keep playing him every day i mean obviously eloy opened up uh, uh some opportunity for him but they've got you know uh you know, him, Angle, and Anderson are all uh, on the IL right now. And, you know, you've got you've got other guys there. I mean, Andrew Vaughn's not playing here. Are they going to keep not playing Andrew Vaughn? I don't know. Um, I didn't know anything about this guy coming into the season. I, I, you know, I typically don't look for 28-year-olds who only recently came up to AAA in 2019, you know. So <laughs>
1: um,
2: it looks like he's got legit, like, average skills. Like, his his contact rate right now – Uh, is 86 percent and yes it's early but he does look like that kind of like high contact rate hitter um what i don't think sticks is you know i don't i don't know that he's going to keep hitting bombs you know uh i think he's probably 20 homers at best but if he's playing every day and he gives you 300 plus average with 20 homers you're obviously really happy even if even uh, from a dh only spot um i just i don't know if i trust that if when he when he does eventually come back down to earth and. Struggle a bit that they're going to keep giving him playing time. I think that's my biggest concern with them
1: And that is uh, we we're talking about yerman mercedes and his hot start the, the big problem there is he cost a ton he, When he started hitting he uh, he kind of really Roped people in because of the the majestic way in which he did it. And he ended up costing a lot in fab So again end of bench. I don't mind moving on from people adding guys like that But it, it becomes a problem when they're expensive Uh, One player that's off to a great start That is just a good ad is Phillip Evans Who, you know, he's batting 406 with three home runs Guess guess what, that's not going to stick either But he costs you nothing Um, He's intriguing, he actually, there's a reason to believe He could be solid, he's getting an opportunity now With Hayes gone, but he could stick when he comes back And I think that he's a, a solid person ad. add. So again, this is something where feel free to be high on people that are just on the waiver wire and uh, move people off the end of your bench. So Philip Evans is someone I think absolutely should be picked up who's off the hot start. Yeah,
2: I, I like Philip Evans a lot. He was, uh, he was a huge target for me, uh, in fab this week. Um, didn't get him as much as I wanted. Uh, I do think that when Hayes comes back, they've talked about moving him out to the outfield. Uh, you know, pirates don't really have a lot of, uh, legit hitters in that offense so he can uh, definitely force his way in um and if they're willing to give him uh everyday playing time out there then he could be a huge pickup i think uh just a solid bat guy who doesn't strike out a lot doesn't swing and miss doesn't have a lot of swing and miss in his profile um i don't i'm not expecting like big power uh but again if he gives you kind of similar to to your mean mercedes if he can give you those um you know 20 20 or so homers with a good average and playing every day in the middle of the lineup. Uh, again, I don't know where he's going to hit though. Cause they're going to bring Hayes back in. He's going to play second. He's going to hit second. But again, the pirates don't have a lot of talent. So I can see him hitting, you know, anywhere between four and five somewhere in that area. Uh, and if he's adding outfield flexibility in there too, um, I think that's uh, a really nice pickup for you.
1: And And that kind of, I mean there's a lot of other examples But that kind of does it for the bats At least I wanted to talk about Well we can touch on pitching real quick It's completely different for pitching Because hitting nothing really yeah. Nothing really um, stabilizes very fast Pitching there's things you can Kind of immediately look at Velocities up or down That's very important You look for pitch mix changes On NBC Sports Edge today I actually have an article out Where I break down a couple of new pitches Nate Eovaldi's slider He, he was his best pitch in 2018 he, got, he brought it down to 3.3% in 2019 Abandoned it in 2020s, brought it back up this year. So, um, He's going to be rostered in all 15 team leagues and 12 teams. He may not be, probably is, especially after his first start was good. 10 team leagues, he might not be. So this is all a matter of you know eye of the beholder in terms of what's available and what you need if you're streaming or not. But what do you think is someone? Anyone stick out to you like Casey Mize? Um, his velocity is way up, like over three, three, uh, three per, or three miles per hour. Uh, Taiwan Walker, uh, another guy that might be in the back end of shallower leagues. His his velocity is up. He's pitching today. He's bringing. He has a new slider in his works. Trevor Ross. Rodgers was a um, End of spring training darling that everyone Had a lot of helium still Maybe you know if you're in a If you're in a um, a home league He may not he may not He may be on the waiver wire but if not what do you think Of either do you believe In buying high on any of these early guys Or is it just uh, It is still early do you believe in Aggressively buying high On pitchers that you see something out of That maybe you didn't have on your team Or maybe you didn't believe in in spring training Do you, do you treat pitchers any differently than hitters? I should say in terms of changing your philosophy on value and maybe even aggressively buying them.
2: Yeah. I think like you said, you can kind of see the changes in pitchers a little easier. There's more stability there. Um, and once I've seen a few starts, like maybe say three starts from a pitcher, I can kind of get a good, good sense for where they're going in a year. I, I feel like, um, yeah, there, there's some there's some guys. I mean, Trevor Rogers is a guy who I, I drafted in my main event, um, and I I am very high on him. Uh, he had a real bad first inning, <laughs> his first inning of his first start. He looked uh, there there is uh there's some issues, but then he he righted the ship and he's looked phenomenal since. I mean, his stuff is is electric. I mean, he's throwing like 97 plus mile an hour fastballs uh, with some great off speed stuff too. Uh, you know, we got. Corbin Burns and Glasnow are both doing amazing too, but we kind of, we already knew that they had the stuff, right? Like it was, it's, it's about the innings with them and and also Glasnow with the health. So the reason that I don't have any shares of them isn't because I don't believe in their talent, but Glasnow also added another pitch to his arsenal. That's a thing where um, if he can stay healthy, he's a legit Scion candidate. And uh, he's a guy who I unfortunately don't have any of because uh, I didn't, I didn't buy into the, there's just too many red flags with him w- between, uh, the health, the two pitch mix, and um, uh, the innings restriction that I that I thought would be coming. So he's he's we'll an interesting guy.
1: He's an interesting guy. I mean, every yeah. point you made is is valid. Uh, one thing too with the three, it, a lot of people talk about effectiveness of having only two pitches. People don't talk about much, which I think is acknowledged by some, but just not spoken as much in the when you look at conversations. Is the adding that third pitch really opens up the door to going deeper into games. Because yeah. the reason that two pitches is bad Is you become ineffective And when you become ineffective um, Through, you know, the second, third time Through the lineup You get taken out of games early uh, This, you Especially know, if you're a raised pitcher Yeah, that, had, oh God Last night's game Again, we're taping this on Tuesday uh, Glass now set his career high With 14 strikeouts yesterday Through like seven innings-ish I think I had to piss Blake Snell off <laughs>
2: <laughs> Oh, you know what it did
1: <laughs> That's so good Not that the Rays have a really I mean, they have some injuries They lost some people in the offseason They kind of have to they got to rely on someone to give them innings by default So, yes. I mean, it's by design But, yeah, Glasnow is really helping them out uh, But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I believe what you're saying it, You can make moves You can make moves early on pitchers uh, Glasnow, if you really believe in him You probably could get him Because even if someone drafted him um, They could be worried about the injury But you're going to have to pay up So it's probably a bad move Corbin Burns, if someone drafted him They believed in him probably because. Oh, yeah So pretty much everyone who drafted Burns believed in him That's why his ADP is I am a Burns believer Uh, You ain't getting him away from me You need a crowbar and a bazooka (laughs) I'm not not giving him up Uh, A crowbar
2: and a bazooka That's an interesting combo
1: (laughs) Yeah, the crowbar to get him out of my hands And the bazooka to keep me from following you Uh, (laughs) uh, So uh, real quick before we end the show, I'm gonna actually go through my thread here. The simple but critical advice of uh, of of keeping your player evaluation the same. We're gonna we're gonna answer some of these questions here. Kyle McPadden, do you think Josh Rojas has lost his chance? He's he's an NL only, and he wants to move on.
2: Yeah, um, unfortunately, I was uh, I was a big Rojas uh, believer. Um, you know, he has the right skill set. You know, to see, he's he's got that power speed combo. Um, but he, you know, he got a, he got an opportunity last year and squandered it. And, uh, honestly, I, I see a lot of the same, same issues this year where, uh, you know, cause they're talking about how he changed his approach. He changed his his stance and all this stuff. And I'm just, I, I'm not seeing much there. And, uh, they, they brought when they brought up Perdomo, I think that was making a statement, uh, that they're, I don't know what his defense is like at shortstop. So maybe, uh, that was part of the issue too, but now that Ahmed's back, um, I think you got to move on from Rojas.
1: Yeah, especially with uh, any outfield opportunity. This is something for shallower leagues because mixed, you know, deep leagues have already caught on to this. Tim Lecastro should absolutely be uh, yeah. rostered. Even look into it, in even shallow leagues, he yep. is. Uh, I don't want to say a stolen base machine. He's almost like Carlos Beltran in the sense that maybe he doesn't steal like league leading amounts, but he never gets caught. I believe he actually has the major league record for starting his career with I without so. being caught. I believe he's up to like twenty four. Now to start his career without being caught or something I I heard something like that, so he's he's a very Interesting guy, Um, Dio, at Brent Dio1 on Twitter, with Bellinger out I'm stuck with Crone and Dalbeck as my first Baseman, too early to cut bait on them Not much available, he's looking At Travis Shaw and Ryan Zimmerman Um, Depending on how shallow your league is It's not too early in 10 and 12 to move on From some of those guys, in 15 it, It is, if you're talking about Shaw and Zimmerman Which I think if those are your only options That's probably the case
2: yeah, I would assume so. I mean, Zimmerman's not going to keep playing now that Josh Bell is back. I mean, that is the whole reason he was playing all the time is because mm-hmm. Bell was out. So I'm not considering him at all. Um, but uh, Travis Shaw, I, the thing is, Milwaukee says Milwaukee has faced nothing but righties so far. So <laughs> I, I'm assuming, given the fact that they traded Arcia, uh, that they're,
1: that they're going to play him against lefties. Yeah, and Jed uh, Jerko is apparently the manager of some independent league team or something. I thought that they would bring him back. He had a 125 <laughs> one-rated runs created plus. Why did nobody want this guy?
2: Hey, that's a good question. Uh, I was <laughs> I was curious about that as well. But I do think that Shaw is uh, is worth a pickup. Um, would you drop either of those guys for him? No, I, no, no. I sure as hell I'm not dropping uh, CJ Crone. Um, <laughs> kidding me?
1: Uh, hey, that's a po- that's a popular name in this thread. That's why I bring him up. Okay. A lot of people want to drop this guy because you know what no. it is too is. Colorado one. I mean, I, I agree. You're not dropping him. He has the 40 home run uh, ceiling, but. But he's uh, also like a solid contact guy. Like, this is
2: not yeah. an all or nothing guy. Like, this is a guy who projection systems had hitting like 270. Like, this is not like your 230, 240 hitter. So, like, I think CJ Crone, yeah, do not yeah. drop him.
1: I think people see the minor league contract and we're worried that they're not invested. Therefore, we'll move on. You know okay. what Colorado's invested in? And his, um, you know, craziness. Uh, and then maybe trading him at the trade deadline. So, I mean, I think that they owe him a shot, but I mean, I understand being worried with the Rockies, but that's only when they start to sit you every day.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's, he's set twice so far, but he's also hitting like nothing right now. So, I mean, once he, he gets a few hits under his belt, uh, I think, I think the playing time will, will pretty much solidify there. Now, when it comes to Dahlbeck you know, that's a guy you kind of knew the shot you were taking. What's his practice.
1: strikeout rate? I haven't looked. <laughs> I have honestly
2: didn't even either, uh, but it was real high last year. I mean, it was like 40% or something. So yeah, it was
1: uh, 50% I, in spring. Oh, was
2: it? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, let's right now. Well, you know, it's it's only 36% right now. So, <laughs> so uh, It's
1: only 36% for him, for him,
2: you know, that's not <laughs> terrible. So maybe that's a, uh, maybe that's a sign he's uh, turning. I don't know if you took him, you know, he was, he was, he's a guy who hits at the end of the, at the end of the lineup. Um, and, uh, you know, when he goes on a hot streak, you can get like seven homers from him in a week. So, uh, that's kind of the guy he is. You can mm-hmm. choose to come on from that if you want. But if I would just be looking at his schedule coming up, does he have, you know, does he face some, some weak pitching that he can hit? All right, throw him in there. That's, that's kind of the guy he is.
1: Mike Curlin, the uh, Sleepy K himself, at Mike underscore Curlin says, "Don't <laughs> tell, don't tell me not to overreact to Rowdy, Rowdy Teles. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I actually, I link him into someone where my evaluation of the player hasn't changed. But yeah, even I mean, his the playing situation. time really changed with George Springer coming on board. But even with him out, he can't find every day at bats. No. Randall Greechek's in there every day, but Rowdy's not. And I mean, right. yeah, I think you can move on. I mean, it's if he can't get in now, when's he getting in?"
2: No, they got Teoscar out too, uh, and he's still sitting some games. So, yeah, uh, rowdy. I liked skills, but uh, didn't draft him because I didn't like the playing time situation there.
1: Yeah, someone asked about Austin Riley, about his reduced launch angle again, first week. Don't look at launch angle at all. Right. Um, someone adds to uh, to someone struggling. Here's a pitcher who was sent down, which is it's just a good topic. Tanner Hawk, this is about Domingo and The question was, would you spend a number one waiver claim on Domingo Herman he was dropped one thing That people are panicking on with players Like Tanner Hawk Domingo Herman guys being Sent down is that a lot of teams don't need a fifth Starter for a while in the early season right. With no with day, no days off um, So in Certain you know days off and they can you know Reset the to their best four so um, Always always pay attention To that because you could drop a player And they could come right back and you'll you'll shoot yourself In the foot but um I already gave my answer, but to, to everyone can understand yours, and I'll give mine. Would you spend a number one waiver claim on Domingo Herman if he was dropped in your league and you need a uh, pitcher?
2: I, I it de- would depend on the league, but I mean, assuming this is not like a you know 18 team league. If it's if it's AL only, maybe,
1: but um, in a normal you know, I will. That, I think that's the question. You do like in 15 team. You don't like them
2: a uh, 15 team league. Would I spend a number one claim? Probably not. Um, he could end up being worth it, but, uh, I just, I don't know. I feel like there's going to be some, uh, there's going to
1: be a better option coming at some point. Um, I'm on the, I don't know what I do. I wasn't a huge believer. And I also like, Rostering assholes but that's a personal preference uh, he, he looked like he could be Their second best pitcher in uh, spring Training but you know Jordan Montgomery Could be uh, Tyon could Be <laughs> anyone right. could be their second best Pitcher anyone could be uh, so yeah I, I may not they followed up with uh, would you Spend your number one priority on Patrick Corbin Absolutely Would you okay yeah I mean he's He's put in a new cutter uh, His, his velocity is not back to where we want but I think that yeah if he was cut and it's just a and It's not a fab thing it's a waiver priority I don't think You're going to be having Anyone with that much intrigue Being released this early in the season And you have to wait it out a while and that's one Thing I don't like I mean I love fab I don't like waiver Having the number one's a blessing and a curse Because you can have anyone you want but it hamstrings you from making a lot of moves because if you don't use your number 1 all the other players get picked up behind you if you try to wake you know wake up the next morning and just pick people up after the deadline or something because you didn't spend yours so uh, i i'm not as um close to the you know i don't i don't keep my number 1 waiver priority like locked in a in a safe like some do if i see something where i think no, yeah. it's worth it i'll i'll just use it up because yeah, I hate that where I can't anyone even middling that I can't pick up because everyone behind me uses their waivers because the guy who's like at fifteenth doesn't care they'll use their they'll use their waiver yeah. every time yeah for sure and
2: and that's a great point you know it's not like football you know you're not waiting for that running back to get you know to become available uh, after an injury but um, I, I'm all for using the waiver priority uh, so I guess as you clarify there I just it's hard to answer these questions without knowing kind of the player pool that's available like if you feel like this player is like standing out as one of the not only the best players available but the best players that you think will come available i you know and i know i i don't know i guess i'm saying i don't really mind using the waiver priority i just don't know that if the question is am i a big believer in herman and in corbin not necessarily um i was in on court and on uh herman a bit but corbin i don't know if he can maintain being effective with that uh with his velocity down to 90 miles per hour you know when he was yep. coming up
1: ninety two. it's funny. I, I agree I agree with you and, and still would do it. I think it's a matter of I'm 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 thinking um of players most likely to be dropped going forward in a league or being added to the player pool or me being interested. I assume For the next two months, Corbin's probably going to be above them. So if I assume that there's a decent chance of that being the case, I'll use the waiver, even if I'm not excited about the player, which because I, if I picked him up on waivers, it'd be my first share. Uh, But I, I, I think he's still more intriguing than anyone I'm likely to add on waivers at this point, which I guess is where my decision comes from.
2: Okay. Yeah, no, I, I agree with the, the principle. I, like you said, those people who have the 15th and the 14th and the 13th where they're they're going to keep using their waiver claim over and over again so you're going to be continually missing out on guys if you're if you're not uh using it um i'm i'm i use it so if you feel like corbin helps you and herman helps you go ahead and use it i guess (laughs)
1: that's the the mass stamp of approval from dave (laughs) use it i i guess (laughs) Uh, uh, Before we shut it down uh, Players we talked about There is lineups coming up today Uh, Josh Rojas is uh, sitting again For the fourth straight game We talked about him Cut him Cut him loose yeah, uh, ago, uh, and, and Tyler Naquin Now that Jesse Winker is back and playing He's not playing again Tyler Naquin So as hot as he is Reds don't care um, That's so. the other
2: thing I meant to me- mention Before with him is I fucking hate David Bell for this he'll sit guys In the middle of a ridiculous Hot streak he did this constantly with Winker last Year and it's like you just can't trust him I mean yeah. like he'll just, he'll just sit guys I mean so now for for Nate uh, we're talking he sat The last two games so um, you're You're talking about like possibly the hottest hitter in baseball or at least top five uh, and they're setting him. So if he's not going to play every day now, he will come back that like he is going to have a time where he's not hitting, you know, 400. <laughs> and so, you know, that they're going to bench him. So he looks like probably
1: the fourth option there, honestly. I, I hate it's like such a pet peeve where, where managers sit guys on a hot streak. Um, especially like this is an example Keston here is off to like an all-time horrible start yes. Saturday he'd gone Two or three for five with a home run First of the year there's a great stepping stone To maybe getting out of that funk Craig Council sits him on Sunday What are you doing?
2: Yeah that is, that is a bad call right there
1: like, I, I get given, give, give guys with a bad um, start Of the day off to clear their head, move them down the lineup, but don't sit them the day after they break out. Let, let momentum's a thing, especially yeah. in baseball where people wear yeah. lucky socks and everything. I mean, it's a <laughs> mental game, you know, let them go back out there. I mean, I know sometimes you like, you'll take a pitcher out on a good note, uh, you know, or there's lots of things it's hitters. I mean, momentum, you should have let them play, but, you know, it's a specific thing. But either way, Dave, thanks for coming on the show. This is fun. I love the uh, non-scripted shows. Not that I ever do them. That's why they always go along, but, um, tell everyone where they can find you, what you're up to recently, uh, where they can find you on Twitter.
2: Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at run D McD. Make sure to add that D otherwise you'll be tweeting the band, uh, run DMC. (laughs) Um, you can, uh, we're just getting, getting some stuff going over at rotosaurus. Jake did the, uh, pitching schedules. I'm trying to finally get the, uh, the closer stuff up. And, uh, I've also got, I'm working on a project, um, for, for team lineups to put on the site as well, that, uh, hopefully will be able to help people as well as help out myself. Um, trying to cut, I have, uh, like six fab leagues this year, which, uh, is proving to be about four fab leagues too many. Um, (laughs) so I'm trying to do everything I can during the week to, to make sure that I'm, I'm ready for Sunday, because unfortunately you can't just like do your fab on Wednesday and then just like It's set. you know, so much changes for Even from day to day, like even if I sit on Saturday, there's going to be changes to Sunday, so um, Sometimes
1: that's a yeah. bad thing I have like six or seven fab leagues I set early bids like for a buck So I guess if I like change my right, mind right. If I forget, at least I'm not out a bunch of money But sure, I set sure. some early and I put In a bid for Nick Wickren And I think I ended up losing 30 Because it was on, I forgot about the I, For some reason, I think I deleted it But I didn't hit save and whatever it's 30, 30 out of a thousand is not a huge deal. But I no. mean, obviously I, I wouldn't have this week. I wish I could have that 30 back, but whatever. We'll yeah, see. You, it's see
2: to- you seem like you're much more prudent with your money than I am. So it's probably not going to end up being a huge deal for you, <laughs> um,
1: but yeah. So, uh,
2: yeah, you can find me at Roto source. Uh, the, our podcast is high stakes heat. Uh, it's been a, it been a minute since we've recorded. So, um, you can usually find me on other people's podcasts more often. Uh, I was on Roto Brits last week talking, uh, Talking about in-season management and some closer stuff, I think um, I think a lot of that is, is stuff that um, it's kind of evergreen strategy stuff that maybe uh, you guys can still listen to and that applies. So, um, And I just started working at Rotographs. So uh, I'm actually writing my first article right now. Um, it's kind of a long one. Uh, if you know me, that's not a shock. Um, What's, but, it, about? What's uh, it about? We want to know. What's it about? Yeah. So it's... <laughs> it's uh it's about um comparing the different leagues like nfbc to yahoo to fan tracks and stuff because i kind of feel like i'm someone who can uh it's something that i can speak on uh i I saw an argument between um cubby noel and mike the mouth when is it Mike the mouth arguing with someone but um i saw an argument between them and you know it's kind of like two people who don't even try to see the other's perspective, you know, like Mike doesn't do TGFBI, FBI, Covey Noel doesn't play high stakes, you know? So you've got two guys who are arguing something where neither of them really has the ability to speak on the other's position. So I am kind of someone who plays in all of these leagues. And I think I can bring some perspective and, and I want to just tell people, cause I think a lot of people play the same formats and everything because they don't really know what the difference is. Like if you don't really know what different formats are, you kind of just stick to what you what you do know. Um, so I feel like I want to put out some information and, and help people kind of see what the different leagues are all about and, and talk about, um, what kind of experience you can get from each of these. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think I thought it would be a good opening salvo for someone who's, uh, you know, I'm kind of like the NFBC guy, uh, now at, at Rotographs, you know, so I, I, feel like, uh, yeah, I think, I think you can shed some light and hopefully, uh, get rid of some of these, uh, arguments and
0: stuff.
1: I think that's a great topic because A lot of people settle into one Site I should say like uh, A format that they as far as Where they they do their drafts and have their leagues And they kind of settle into that and that's their comfort zone Not there's not the vast majority of people Don't do multiple formats which I would rather do one it's just annoying To kind of have to go to like a million sites in one year But um, every site is so Different I I did an article for uh, NBC Sports Edge this was in the preseason called Gaming the ADP and it was me just Comparing the different formats of they're just the default adp is so different and yeah. even if people bring their own bias their own rankings whatever to the draft Everyone and I don't care who you are I wouldn't would say everyone 98% of people will use the adp in the room for some kind of navigation and sure. whether you think it or not a player sitting at the top has some kind of small psychological effect on you. So yeah. I just went through just doing the different like values on who's too high, too low at the different sites because there's huge difference. Oh yeah. Uh, so like you said, it, even the people that settle in there, the kind of information the site gives out, it's a lot. Some some value pitchers more, closers more, a lot of stuff. Yeah. So it's it's an interesting topic. There's,
2: um, a, there's a lot of lineup differences between the sites. Uh, I mean, Fantrax and NFPC are incredibly similar. The only difference is that Fantrax uses one catcher instead of two. But like you go from to Yahoo, and it's a complete. It's like a, it's almost like a different game. So mm-hmm. yes, there are guys who are drastically higher and lower. But I think part of that is also maybe because of the fact that the game is just inherently different. But yes, people people draft them differently. And I want to tell people like this is how you should be attacking it. I don't know. This is probably too much for one article. I, I'll probably have to split this up into a couple. But I uh, I feel like since people this is this is a war that's been raging on Twitter for years. Like these two are getting into it right now. But there's been a big thing between like people who think that like the people who play FBC are like elitists, which is not true. I mean, sure, there's some, but you know, you'll find that in every everything. You know, you'll always have some assholes. You'll always have great people. It's always going to be this mix. You know, it's not. It's not. You can't generalize a whole group as all the same, especially and,
1: on Twitter. <laughs> yeah especially on where, twitter where, where you have to sum up your thoughts at a very brief uh, amount of, of, of exactly,
2: exactly which always gets me into trouble too you know you, you <laughs> say something and then people take it the wrong way and you're like no man that's not how i'm uh, whatever yeah <laughs> but, um so i'm hoping to kind of bring some levity bring some clarity and uh provide some information for people that uh might be looking to you know get into different leagues i think there's a lot of people out there who are like yeah this nfpc thing sounds kind of cool but you know i'm a small-time player i, uh, I don't know that I would be able to fit in and all that stuff and you know you got to start somewhere and uh, I want to encourage people to play because it's a it's a world-class organization that treats their customers very well Um, and uh, yeah I just kind of want to help people decide maybe uh, maybe look into some different kind of leagues.
1: Here's something that'll get you know I'm trying to end the show and I won't because I refuse (laughs) Uh, but uh, I don't do this for baseball because I mean this place has I'm not calling anyone out again this isn't my NBC show this is my show Uh, ESPN a lot of people hate on it badly because as far as the way they actually treat the game itself they don't appear to care I mean, they got rid of their premium content a while. I mean, they're, they're, they're paid leagues a long time ago uh, Their standard is a little behind the time somewhat And uh, as far as keeping on top of the player pool and everything It's just, they it's not their top priority Especially baseball, they're really into football They have like the best UI on the planet So if, um I'll still jump in there for like a football league Because it's just easy and they have the easy to use app just some again. I'm not calling anyone out. Any of the sites out there, the baseball sites. Why can't anyone perfect a freaking app to make things easy? Because there's some that are better than others. Some that are fine. Some are bad. Um,
2: uh, Yahoo is phenomenal. Yeah. It, like,
1: well, I, I was attem- I was off. attempting not to, but NBC has a uh, has a partnership with Yahoo, so yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you. Yahoo's good. Uh, <laughs> no, but some are better than others. Some are really bad. Um. Yeah, just uh, tracks, rip rip each other off. Uh, there's there's UI out there that is good, and there's some that are bad. You know, give give the times. Yahoo's good. ESPN, I think, is like the... S- Gold standard for user interface. I don't um, think I've
2: used ESPN
1: recently, so I, I'll have to take your word on that because I've seen. Well, there's okay, everything. Okay. Everything else is so behind the times that I don't believe it's worth. The UI isn't in itself worth it. Um, I'll do it like I said. I'll, I'll jump into football leagues there just because it's it's simple. But um okay. yeah. <laughs> Everyone out there kind of knows what I'm talking about. So some people are like, "Oh, ESPN's a trash." You know, it's it's personal opinion. There's some people out there who love fan tracks. There's some people out there who love the NFC. I don't games. think anybody loves fan tracks'
2: UI though. I mean, you can love fan tracks like they their their prize structure is awesome, but mm-hmm. like their, their UI is so difficult to use because we're. We're doing a uh, fab fab for our Glarf league, um, and uh, it well you use it too, so yeah, you know it, how it is. All it right, is all right.
1: I will say I love it. how about this? I'll open this. I love Eric Cross. I love everyone at Chris yeah. Clegg. There's so oh, many yeah. great people over at tracks. Yeah, uh, they're, they're um, not
2: they're not the people who are making the UI, Matt. I love yeah. these guys too. <laughs> well, it's not even
1: necessarily the UI itself. It's necessarily the specific things you need to use like fab bids. I mean, just put up yeah uh it's the worst it is. <laughs> it's, and if you don't enter the, the bid quick enough it, it it
2: gets off of it like i i hit two and then i go to hit three and it's already off of it like and then i have to like go back and do it i'm like what the what is going on here i don't know like my whole league we have a thread for our clarf league and everybody's just like constantly complaining about Fantrax's user interface and it's like ah <laughs> uh, it's so bad
1: so yeah, this is our bitching and moaning for no reason portion of the of the show. Uh so you want to follow me? Yeah, you can uh, cut it later. <laughs> If you want to follow me on Twitter, Matt Williams, M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-A-M-S, uh, you, can, you can follow the, uh, the Turn 2 Podcast at Turn 2 Podcast. You uh, go over NBC Sports Edge. I host the Circling the Basis podcast uh, every Monday morning. I have a By the Numbers um, column every Tuesday. So And also check out rotofanatic.com. We actually have something new out besides our projections and all our other work at the Data Monster. We have weekly Um, Schedule factors which are not Projections this is another tool that you can Use we actually use great
2: by the way Definitely uh, I definitely use that uh, This week so make sure to talk that up
1: Yeah the uh, this is by Crosby Spencer one of the great people work over Rota Fanatic Uh, He's created our own in-house Park factors which take Into effect you know just uh, your ability To uh, hit RBI singles doubles Triples home runs uh, to Left left center center right center right field Everything and we go park by park And actually create a value for a Team's entire schedule for the upcoming Week so while it doesn't give you Projections for t- statistics it doesn't Go by the starting pitching it just gives You a raw number on who has a rough go maybe Who has a nice schedule coming up for their Actual schedule themselves so it's it's Another great tool completely free and We put it up I believe we're going to do every Saturday Morning so you'll have it for at least a you know Two whole days before you have to put in fab Bids so check that out on rotofanact.com And thank you for listening to The turn Two podcast we'll be back next week See you everybody
0: my oh my. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play fantasy. I know I turned two in that day, but the laces ain't high in my veins. I can turn two in every way, so I turn to you two today and smash play. I'm prepared to listen. The ex-fipping whip got me looking way past the pitches. Statistics all that I know, and I know that who is on first, he can say I'm ready to go. <laughs> I ain't trying to steal second or third. Cause I wanna win first. How am I to put all of these numbers to words? I know the terms from A to Z. It's like a gift and a curse. I know the difference between a splitter and a curb. But if I can't put it in the points, man, then what's it worth? I need the truth. I need knowledge. Found this podcast with all of it, but well, what they call it? Turn two. Turn two. What they doing? Win leads. Catch out.